All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. It's a Thursday, June 15th edition, and Daily Faceoff Live is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. Canada's sports betting online, 19 plus, please play responsibly. He's former NHL player, current daily face-off analyst, I guess. Coley Cohen, how you doing? <laughs> that is, that's on the resume now, Frank. You got it. It's a yeah. good day, buddy. Sunny down the shore. The NHL season has finally wrapped up. There's lots to talk about. Yeah, love to see it. This show, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to Take a look at what may be coming next, but also a fun look back at this season. So lots to get to. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start with just a general overview, Colby. Which which general managers are facing the most pressure this summer? It's an interesting question because somewhere is someone's always facing pressure. But more to the point, there are a number of really good answers this summer with all of the cap crunch expectations and potential player movement who rises to the top of the list for you yeah so when i started to dig in on this one a little bit frank three names and for very different reasons came to mind and i'll start by you know talking about steve eiserman and i think it, it um, he's got $30 million in cap space going into this summer. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit later as we move into topic two. So I don't want to spend too, too much time on why I believe Steve Eiserman uh, is feeling the pressure. Next for me 
is is Yarmel Kekalainen in Columbus. They go out, they hire Mike Babcock. To me, that smells a little bit of desperation. The seat is heating up. You've got Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, and Marinchenko are all going to be restricted free agents, not this coming season, but the following season. So what does he do? Does he commit to them long term? Are they bridge deals? Does it play out throughout the season? So I think he's facing a lot of pressure in Columbus to finally get over the hump. And then my last one, Frank, and I know I'm going long here, it's Brian McClellan. They go out and hire a rookie head coach. They're bringing back almost the same team as of now. Okay, there's only two forwards on their roster that are technically unsigned and most of their decor as well. They've got $7 million in cap space. What are they going to do with Tom Wilson and and Mantha? Both of those contracts expire after next year. Um, Ovechkin's not getting any younger. So they're kind of in this influx position. And I believe that he's got to kind of get things turned around and really savage the final years for Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, agree with you, um, but I'm going to throw two different names at you. One is Kevin Sheveldayoff of the Winnipeg Jets. We know the turmoil that exists there right now in terms of moving out some of those pieces. Connor Hellebuck, it depends on how you look at this. Like You could say, wow, the, the Jets are in a spot where, as you look at our trade targets board from last week, Look at how many Winnipeg Jets are in the top five. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, way further down the board is Blake Wheeler. And you might say, wow, like they, they're in a tough spot. They got to get something of real value for these guys. They, well, some of them want to leave, don't want to be here anymore. And you're looking at it and saying, that could be a tough spot to be in, or it could be a significant opportunity with the premier young center on the market, with the premier goalie on the market in Connor Hellebuck. To me, um, I think there's significant opportunity for the Jets, but then there's also pressure to get it right. So there's pressure in Winnipeg. There's also pressure, I think, in Boston. Don Sweeney put a lot of his eggs in one basket for this year with the best regular season team in NHL history for good reason to go after a Stanley Cup. They fall short and lose in the first round. Are Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci coming back? And if they are or aren't, it's probably worse if they are from a cap crunch perspective. They've got to make real moves. Tyler Bertuzzi, they want to keep him. Okay, that probably means saying goodbye to Taylor Hall. If you want to try and find a way to keep Dmitry Orlov, which I don't see as a chance, you're going to need to move one, maybe multiple defensemen. Mike Riley, Matt Grizzlick, do you have to move another guy that you've acquired? So you went all in, traded a lot of your futures, which makes sense, but there's real pressure now to take this Bruins team with Pasternak, with Hampus Lindholm, with some others, and put them on a path to success for next season and properly surround them and give them another chance to win a Stanley Cup. So a lot on the line in Boston. So let's transition, Colby, and let's talk about the rebuilders. When you look at how these rebuilding teams will attack the offseason, I think there's kind of two different parts of this. You were just touching on the Detroit Red Wings. How do teams like the Red Wings, the Sabres, the Sens that have been in this spot for the last couple of years transition into becoming playoff teams? And then how do you take some other teams that are beginning to go the other way, like the Philadelphia Flyers, like the San Jose Sharks, that are going to be plucking pieces off of their roster. How do they get to the bottom and how do they do it in a quick and efficient manner like the Chicago Blackhawks did, who are kind of finally beginning to turn the page in the next direction once they draft Connor Bedard at number one? No, you didn't lose me, Frank. You still have me? Yep. So look, I, I, to me, this is a really, really 
simple answer, and it's the Detroit Red Wings. They are the team that needs to get out of the rebuilding phase and finally enter the next step. They've been kind of muddling around, not making the playoffs. They're kind of around near a wild card spot, and then Steve Eiserman has continued to sell off. Now, they need stars. It's time for him to use that $30 million to go star hunting. He's got two first-round picks and three second-round picks this year. That is incredibly value. He wants to put that together, look at making a potential trade. I still think Austin Matthews is a guy they need to kick the tires on. They need to see if they could make a deal to get him in there. Maybe it's Alex Debrinkat. And then you look at the free agent market. What about a healthy Patrick Kane when he gets back from his hip? He played for Honey Baked. He does have a connection to the state of Michigan. What about Orloff? What about Graves, Kalorn, Gostasphere? These are all guys on your free agent list, Frank, on, on some of the different articles that you've posted on Daily Faceoff. And I really do believe when you look at the young core and you look at the guys that they've drafted, the first, the second, and the third round picks, they've got a lot of players that are ready to be full-time NHL players. It's time to go out and find those free agents, find those star players, and start meshing the group together for Detroit to finally get over the hump and get back into the playoffs. I look at everything you just said from the Detroit Red Wings perspective, and I say all of that and more with the Buffalo Sabres. They've got the NHL's longest playoff drought, and they've got so many incredible pieces now there that are in place. Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, and then on the back end, you've got the Twin Towers in Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. That is an incredible four pillars foundation that is Chicago Blackhawks-esque from 2007. How do you take that and then take the next step while also making smart moves for your cap space and everything else that comes with it? It's, it's a fun position to be in if you're uh, Kevin Adams as GM of this team to take that next step, but it's also a daunting one to go from, you know, sort of team that was right in the mix to then get over the hump. I think there's this is a definitive statement for me. I don't think there's any team in the entire NHL, uh, certainly not in the East, for then the Buffalo Sabres over these next two years to vault themselves into Stanley Cup contention. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming in a number of those markets. And as you mentioned, we mentioned the teardown that's to come in some others. Let's talk about old takes exposed uh, to have some fun. What is your worst take that you had this year? We all have them somewhere, especially when you're giving opinion all day long. What would you like to uh, highlight for yourself to make yourself look silly? Well, I didn't think the Florida Panthers were a playoff team. I didn't think they were a playoff team the way they started. Um, I didn't think they made the improvements that they needed to defensively from last year. I was kind of curious, thinking maybe Paul Maurice wasn't the right guy. Um, but ultimately, at the halfway mark, Frank, right around the new year uh, on TV, I said I didn't think the Florida Panthers would make the playoffs. And obviously, they just played for a Stanley Cup. To me, that is absolutely my worst take of the season. I mean, no one would have faulted you if you said that in December. January, they were nine points back of a playoff spot. The fact that they even made it, and the amazing part is in the last week, Colby, that they lost their way in to then let alone go on a run to the cup final is quite something. Uh, my worst take, there's a long list, but I'm going to say that it was saying at some point before the playoffs began that 
to that point in time, Jack Eichel in his career had been the NHL's most disappointing $10 million skater. And the funny thing is, the only reason I said $10 million skater is because I was giving a nod to Sergei Bobrovsky as being the NHL's worst $10 million overall player. And perhaps some Panthers fans are sitting there today nodding their head like, yep, the way that he played in the cup final, tough spot to be in for 10 million bucks for the next three years. However, Jack Eichel became the first ever NHL player to win the Stanley cup as a $10 million salary cap hit. So uh, certainly uh, deserve a, a, a beating for that one. Uh, well-deserved on social media for those of you who have brought it up. Uh, Eichel transformed his game in such a significant way, the 200-foot complete game. I also just looked at his point totals and production the last number of years, not getting to a 40-goal season, not getting beyond 83 points, that I was like, that's not a $10 million level. But he's also overcome a lot along the way, played on some bad teams to start, and is now in a spot where He's enjoying a Stanley Cup and a second-place finish in the Conn Smythe Trophy voting, which we'll get to in a second. Colby, let's talk season in review, and let's have a little fun as well with uh, where we're at in terms of the best individual performances. We're not doing a top 10 highlight show, but what was your favorite individual performance to watch this season? Yeah, so it was a game that I called and I was between the benches for, and it it was – Patrick Kane with a hat trick against Toronto right before the trade deadline. Everybody was talking about how he was done. His hip was a problem. Tarasenko had already been traded to the Rangers. There was all sorts of, um, you know, talk about what was going to happen to 88. And he um, came out in this game. He put on a show. It was a big crowd at the United Center. Um, You know, you're playing against Toronto. Probably why he got traded, right? Like that's probably what had the New York Rangers step up and say, yeah, this guy's still got something left in the tank. Well, it certainly got the owner excited because I don't think Chris Drury ever wanted to make that trade. I think that came directly from ownership. I think it was forced on him. But ultimately, that was a fun game to to have a front row seat for, Frank. Yeah, no question about that. I'm going to go with my two favorite individual performances came on back-to-back nights in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Leon Dreisaitl, four goals. The day after Joe Pavelski netted four goals for the Dallas Stars. And the wild thing about that, Colby, was that both players ended up doing it in losing fashion. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, all I could think of at that exact moment in time was uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton and what he said he would do uh, when, if he ever got the opportunity to score four goals in an NHL game, let alone to do it in a playoff game, let alone to end up losing. I mean, this was the score sheet from that night. Four goals, nine for nine in faceoffs, four goals on six shots in under 20 minutes of work for Joe Pavelski. By the way, coming off of a long layoff with the concussion, it was uh, definitely one of the memorable postseason performances of the last couple of years. And yeah. When I say that, Colby, those two guys are probably like, who cares? We lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you what, Frank, on a night like that, 
you go out every shift and you think you're going to score a goal. And, and it really just becomes an endless ceiling when pucks are falling in for you, especially the way Pavelski scores goals around the net, always in the right place. The deflections from out high, the redirects, the hand eye, the skill that we see from him kind of finding his own space and creating his own space within the net front area, especially when, Frank, there is no space around the net. Ever. So these guys that are able to fill and find and create, it's all the more impressive. But at the end of the day, when you're sitting on the bench and you've got two and it's early in a game, you think every shot is going to go in. The net starts looking bigger. Your confidence starts to grow. Your teammates are feeding you. Guys are buying into it. Guys are excited about it. I think when you see a guy like Joe sitting on two goals, especially after not playing for a while, there's buzz on the bench. There's buzz in the locker room. Let's get him the puck. Let's get the puck into his area. He's hot. Guys love to say, stay hot. It's a term that's on every bench in every locker room. Guys have a ton of fun with it. And I think when you get into those four goal performances, like we've seen Dreisaitl, Pavelski, you know, we've seen McDavid go on these nights where he's got five and six points. Something does change that night. There is a certain level of confidence. Everything gets slower. Everything gets bigger. And ultimately, you can just find your way throughout a night. And, and that's when you reel off one of the career nights. Hmm. When, when that happens, like, do you, you think the, the pressure was put on the Golden Knights? Maybe not pressure, but especially the other night as Mark Stone sitting on two, that it's like, let's make sure maybe as they're shooting time after time at the empty net, it's like, let's get this guy a hat trick in the Stanley cup final. I think, yeah, there's an element to it, but here's the other thing. And, and I, I get in the same thing. Can it go for the empty net three or four times? But at the end of the day, Frank, Mark Stone is going to be on the ice, whether you're up a goal or down a goal in the dime for any game. We've seen how complete of a player is. We see his defensive ability. If he needs to win face-offs, he can, he can, you know, win battles along the wall. He's such a vocal player out on the ice. So he's going to be out on the ice getting opportunities at the empty net one way or the other. But sure, I think you see this all the time in the NHL. You see two guys with a two-on-one. If one guy's sitting on two, there's always an extra pass to to try to get in to their teammate. We saw it with Ovi when he was hunting. So, you know, I, I think there's there's certain unwritten rules, Frank, on the bench throughout a game when you get into these situations. Hmm. You know, it's funny trying to pick out some of these uh, best individual performances of the season. You think back, Colby, and there was a few on the list. Tage Thompson had multiple six-point nights this year. We were just talking about the Buffalo Sabres. No one else did it once. Austin Matthews had 15 shots on a game. UC Soros, 64 saves against the Carolina Hurricanes one night. I mean, there was no shortage of choices here when it came to making these selections. but. Pretty awesome for you having the front row seat there between the benches for that Patrick Kane one. I still think that's a huge reason why he ended up getting traded and to do it against Toronto when everyone was kind of watching. That was a big moment actually for the Hawks season, I think. Yeah, and I think Kane will have hip surgery this offseason, and I think we'll see him have more moments like that. I think that guy's work ethic, his tenacity, his ability, I think as soon as he's not dealing with that nagging hip pain, 
uh, he will be back, Frank, and he will be back with a vengeance. So I do expect to see more highlight reel moments out of who I believe is the greatest American-born player of all time, Patrick Kane. Yeah, Patrick Kane actually already had hip surgery, the hip resurfacing surgery. So it was a significant one, a four to six month timeline. And Colby, for me, that uh, really raises the question of, does he take his time maybe and see how the season starts and see Mm -hmm. which teams are in the mix before making a decision? Or does he feel like he has to do it before then? Uh, I don't think you nailed it. I don't think this is going to be a money thing, Colby. First no. off, he's made 125 million bucks, but more than that, there's not really going to be a lot of money left to pay him because it's all going to be spent this summer. Yeah, I think he takes a one-year deal, Frank. I think he waits it out. He's a very methodical guy. His family will be heavily involved in the decision-making. Um, his dad is still very much involved and around in his hockey career. I saw him at practice all the time in Chicago this year. Uh, So that is an interesting situation that I think we will probably be talking about throughout the summer and then in the early days of next season. Yeah, agreed. Let's get to our guest today. Uh, We're going to talk Dallas Stars with Saad Youssef. Pleased to welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live, Saad Youssef, who covers the Dallas Stars for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Saad Youssef126. Saad, so great to have you back today um, to talk Dallas Stars and their offseason, obviously uh, falling short in the playoffs, but a team that has really entered this really interesting transition where you know the big guns that are driving this team in Rupe Hints and uh, Jason Robertson and that crew. And you start to see some of the other guys, the older guys, the big money tickets, uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, for instance, taking a, a lesser role on this team in terms of minutes and production. And I love the blend with guys like Wyatt Johnson, et cetera, stepping up. But when you mash all that together, Saad, what is the number one offseason priority for Jim Nill and his staff? Yeah. Hey, Frank. First of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, and you know, I think when you look at their priorities, it has to be on the defensive, uh, on the blue line. I mean, they were exposed in the conference finals uh, by Vegas. And, and uh, you know, that, again, Vegas is probably the deepest defensive core that you have in the league or one of them. But, um, but still, after, you know, I, I kept saying this during the conference finals, if you look at Dallas and Vegas, if you were doing a draft of just the defensemen in that in that uh, round, you take Miro Haskin in number one, and then I think the next six guys would be Golden Knights defensemen. And so, you know, Dallas really has a void there. The problem is they don't have a whole lot of cap space to do any of that anything with it. But uh, you know, their biggest hope right now is internal jumps from their first round pick in 2019, Thomas Harley, a guy who they traded a first round pick for, and Niels Lundqvist. But if they if they're able to upgrade in any way, it has to be the defensive uh, the, de- the the defensive blue line because that's where their weakness was really shown in, in the playoffs. Well, Saad, I totally agree with you, and I'm glad that's where you went with it because you kind of led me right into my question for you, and and it's about Nils Lundqvist, and and what I want to know with him is is what what is his true ceiling? I mean, this is a guy who asked for a trade very quickly out of New York because he didn't like that he would have had to go to the American League. Uh, last year was his first full season as an NHL. He played 60 games and he put up some points. You know, uh, it was okay, right? Nothing out of this world, but not terrible either. So 
you're watching him every single night. Do you see a guy who can really become a top four defenseman in the NHL and hold down a blue line? For sure. I, I do think that his ceiling is seen as a top four. I don't think that his ceiling is, is top parent, um, but but that's that that's a tough ask anyways. But I can easily see him being, you know, a staple on the second pairing on the right side, especially in Dallas, where they've really struggled to to, you know, aside from John Klingberg, they've really struggled to have a stable, you know, sense of right handed defenseman. And so, you know, for Nils Lundqvist, it's almost like he needs to be good by his own standards. But by Dallas star standards, right handed defenseman is not a, uh, you know, it's not a high bar to clear uh, exactly. So I think that plays into it. And I think also when you look at the trajectory that Thomas Harlow is on it, and Pete DeBoer talked about this at the end of the season, that offensive defensemen have 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 a tougher time adjusting to the NHL game because they have to learn how to play defense. And I think Lundquist is learning that right now. And if you look at the jump that Harley made from two years or from last year to this year, I mean, it's he doesn't even look like the same player, and I think that's what they're hoping with Lundqvist as well. Yeah, good point, Saad. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Dallas Stars pending free agents. You mentioned how cap space is tight, but they really seem to have someone like an Evgeny Dadunov fit like a glove. I thought Max Domi's playoff contributions were huge. How do they make this work? Can they keep one of them? Are both these guys going to end up walking? And what happens with some of the rest of the guys on this list? A, a Luke Glendening, not expensive and, and probably a pretty important piece. How do they make it all fit? And who do you think is their number one priority? I think their number one priority priority will be Dadnoff from a realistic standpoint. I think Domi is the flashier player, but he's 28 years old. And this isn't a particularly strong free agency crop anyways. And so I think Domi will rise in that in that sense. Um, to that. And I think he'll price himself out. He's looking for stability. He's looking for term. The stars have a lot of uh, big time players under contract and they have Wyatt Johnson coming up in a couple years. They have Jake Odgers other contract in a couple years. They have Nils Lundqvist and Harley next year. So I think Domi will price himself out. Dadnov at 34 years old in his third stint with Pete DeBoer after Florida and, and uh, Vegas. I, like you said, Frank, he fits in like a glove. The other guys, Glendening, Kibiranta, those guys, I've been told that unless, even though they were on a cheap tag last year, unless they come back on a pay cut on an 800000 900000 type salary, they're probably not going to be back because the Stars feel like they have enough internal guys for those fourth-line roles to, to be in that way. And, and I think you know it, it makes sense for that. But I, And the other thing to keep in mind on all of this is whatever Dadunov comes back on, whatever these guys, the Stars have two players – who are seen as upgrades in the top nine in Maverick Bork and Logan Stankoven, who, who are going to be making eight hundred and nine hundred and $900,000 on ELC. So I think, and those two guys are seen as legitimate upgrades in the top nine. So that is all stuff that factors in as well when the stars consider their free agents. Would not be shocked at all to see someone like Logan Stankoven make a bigger impact than someone like Wyatt Johnson did this year. Just more proof yeah. that few teams in the NHL have drafted better than the Dallas Stars since Jim Neal has been in charge. Great insight from Saad. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can follow him on Twitter at Saad Youssef 126. Saad Youssef from The Athletic. This is the All 32 to talk Dallas Stars offseason. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys.
All right, Colby, moving along to our daily face-off inbox question of the day, hashtag AskDFO. My question for you is this. With the inspiration coming from the Netflix show that's following NFL quarterbacks, which three NHLers would you want Netflix to follow next season? You're muted, Colby. Thank you, Frank. I will start with Alexander Ovechkin because you saw what he did when he won the cup. He's now chasing down the great one for goals. And I think he is an extremely intriguing player to the last decade of the NHL. Uh, I think he'd be a fun guy to follow around. And then the next one, Alex Kalorn, a little bit off the board. And the reason I say that is because there are certain players that just to me look like they have more fun than other players at the rink, away from the rink, on their social media. The way Kalorn celebrated during the Stanley Cups was legendary, had the jet ski out, tons of fun. Uh, and again, I just think he's a guy that that doesn't take himself too serious, and he would be a good watch for NHL fans. And third, it's David Pasternak. I mean, is there a guy who lights up the net more than pasta. There's a guy who doesn't take himself too serious. I think he's always got flashy suits on, uh, never afraid to jump on TV, give a good interview, give personality, let the cameras into his home, see what he's got going on. So obviously for different reasons, but I think all three of those players would be pretty interesting. All right, I'll give you three quick ones. Matthew Kachuk is self-explanatory. You said fun. I don't know that anyone has more fun playing the game than Matthew Kachuk. To Connor McDavid, and some people might yawn and say that's boring. What I want to see is the drive and the consistent approach of excellence. What does that look like on a pure 24 hour basis? The amount of time he puts into regenerating and rest and and taking care of his body. I want to see all of that. And I want to see him sort of chill out and be himself. And the third one is a goalie. I need some goalie in my life. Connor Hellebuck. Um, it would be a little bit chaotic. It'd be a little bit nutty at times. Like I envision Connor Hellebuck and uh, a, a close facsimile to Tiger King. I don't know if that's a step too far, but um, I think he's a quirky guy who says a lot of different too things far. and has strong opinions. Uh, I could see Connor Hellebuck being some legit made for TV behind the scenes. Uh, Let's get to Tyler Remchuk and our Batano <laughs> Daily Bets. No more games on the slate, Tyler, but still plenty to bet on at Batano.ca. Yeah, there's first off, I nominate you two for Netflix to follow you around for the entirety of next season. No? Uh, it would be a lot of just like camera placed in my office with my ass glued to my desk making calls all day. So not really that exciting. Hey, some people might like that. Die as anyway. long as we could hear what was on the phone, Tyler. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Anyways, I'm uh, I'm eyeing up a bet for the NHL draft, Frank. Last week you talked about the uh, the wager that Patano has up on Fantilli to go second minus five hundred. You got to risk five hundred just to win a hundred bucks. I got one for third overall that I like more, and it's Leo Carlson to go third at minus one sixty seven. Again, payout is not great, but it really does feel like it's going to go Bedard. Fantilli, Carlson. I know some people are calling Matt V. Mitchkov potentially the wild card there, but is Yarmo Kekalainen going to take a stab on a guy who's three or whatever years away from joining the team when his when his ass is in the jackpot, his job's on the line, Frank? I don't buy it at all. I think Leo Carlson's a lock at minus 167. What do you think? Um, I don't... I No, I think that's where the draft starts, and I definitely really? wouldn't be paying 
under even money to make it happen. I get what you're saying. The, the Blue Jackets need a franchise center, all that. But remember the gasps, the audible gasps when Yarmo Kekalainen, the Finn, passed on Yesipoli Yarvi at that draft. And that was also, I think, was that number three overall? Yeah, Dubois went three. The Blue Jackets have a chance to surprise. So I would definitely not be spending anywhere short of even money to make oh. that happen. Okay. So that pick number three, that's where the draft begins. Bedard one, Fantilli two. We'll see what happens at three. Yep. Thanks to Tyler for our Botano Daily Bet segment. That brings us to garbage time. And holy smokes, I might fall over, but Colby actually has something to say. Well, Frank, you don't usually like to share your airtime, but today... I'm taking garbage time, and I do not understand how Jack Eichel did not win the Conn Smythe Trophy. And I'm so glad that you, the president of the uh, of the association for the writers, you posted the ballot so we could see who voted for who. And honestly, shocking to me because we are voting on the best player in the playoffs, not the guy who scored the most goals in the playoffs. And I think we all get enamored with goals. I think the media in particular, writers get enamored with goals. And just remember something of of Marchezo's 13 goals, how many of those directly came off the stick of Jack Eichel? More than half of those goals came from Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel dominated defensively. He dominated in the neutral zone. He dominated in the offensive zone. He took a monster hit. He came back. He was physical. He is the best player in the playoffs. I think he was snubbed. I like that you voted for him. I like that Emily Kaplan voted for him. Elliot Friedman. He did get five first place votes. But how about the two guys who didn't even have him on their ballot. Okay, the first guy, Colby Guy. I don't really, I don't know who that is. We share Good a name, name though. He, we, we share a name, but he didn't even put him on his ballot. And the other one was, I believe, Lane McIntyre in Toronto did not have Eichel on the ballot. And I wonder, what are you watching for you to not even have him on your ballot? I, I, I don't know. What are you watching in the playoffs? This, first off, you're preaching to the converted because you know that I voted for Eichel. Two, I would say this is kind of what makes the process fun. Everyone's got a different viewpoint and a different way that they approach it and see it. And some people say that it, uh, you Jack Eichel can get Jonathan Marsh to sow the puck, but it's still on him to get it into the back of the net. And when you score 13 goals tied for the league lead and 10 of them either tied the game or put your team in the lead – those are enormous goals to score. Yeah. So he's a, sni- a guy that he's a sniper. He, yeah, he can and he's score. a killer. But here's the thing: I can see why people voted for him, and I had him second. To me, Eichel was the guy. But real quick, I just wanted to before we run throw up this photo because I just thought it was an iconic image from the Stanley Cup playoffs. One of the best hockey photos ever taken. For one, there's a million things happening here. A picture is worth a thousand words. But the team is in the shape of a heart which is actually kind of amazing Um, to get this overhead shot from associated press images. It's an iconic picture that will last really for the test of time in the golden Knights franchise, but to also see Jonathan Marcheseau's face right in the very middle of it, (laughs) the pure uh, exasperation and celebration that he has Phil Kessel's bald dome at the very bottom guys all (laughs) hugging each other to me. 
this is an epic hockey photo and just wanted to give it a little bit of love as we close out garbage time. So thank you to Colby Cohen, Saad Youssef, our technical producer, Aaron Bordado, as well as Tyler Ramchuk. As always, that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back Friday, 12 noon Eastern. The offseason rolls on. 15 days from tomorrow will be free agency on July 1st. Who's counting? Talk to you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.